3: To stupidity. Home of the greatest media mind ever to
0: walk the planet.
2: i tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire
0: media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet.
3: There's two guys. A man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Bigot say hey Jewish baby. <laughs> God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience
0: that can only be described as psychological nudity.
3: This is Stu Goss, and this is Stupidity.
2: Here we go, Jim. Today... Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world. Thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. By doing that, you have made us the biggest podcast on the planet. I and mean, how about that? Or thanks to DraftKings, there are Presenting Sponsy here, Mike. I am in Raleigh, North Carolina here, not to see an NC State game. It's August. I'm here for a dead show. Uh, how about that? How about you? A little dead show for me. Wow. And,
4: uh, this is like this is like your this is like your Super Bowl, huh?
2: Yes. How long has it, it been? Um, well, listen. What, what's funny is I went to the the last time they performed live, Dead and Company, was in Mexico uh, a couple of years ago. I was there for that show. I was there for that. Levitar listeners will laugh at that. Um... And so I went to the last show, and now I'm tying a knot here and going to the first show. So I would say it's been about 18 months in between shows, something like that. And I'm super psyched, man. I'm nervous. (laughs) It feels like a super spreader. But I am going to go and enjoy the fucking living hell out of myself tonight. How about that?
4: (laughs) Stu, if anybody passes you anything, don't smoke it.
2: (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, no. It's funny, I'll tell you the story. The first time I took my wife to a dead show, it was the last time Bob Weir, Phil Lesh, Mickey Hart, Bill Crutzman, we were all on stage together, right? Phil no longer plays with them. And we were in Chicago Soldier Field. I left uh, to go get a couple of beers, right? And this is the first dead show for my wife. I leave to go get a couple of beers and perhaps a dart or two. And I come back and someone is passing, someone sitting next to my wife is passing her a joint. And my wife's about to smoke it. And from the aisle, as I'm coming, I'm going, Abby, no! (laughs) Because you have no fucking idea what's in that shit. And I explained to her, Abby, you might think that's weed, but it very well could be weed laced with angel dust. (laughs) I just don't know.
4: (laughs) Part of it might be weed.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, What are we doing today? We're going to have, listen, my dreams have come true here. I'm going to a dead show. I've been away for like a week or so. And uh, what I love the most is we're going to air an interview with Max Homa, a professional golfer, who is a really funny guy and an interesting guy, great on social media. But the beauty of this is this podcast has my name all over it. I mean, it's called Stupidity. This interview, okay, this interview... I was nowhere to be found. Mike Golick Senior did it for me. I mean, so the dream has come true, where it's like having a personal radio assistant. <laughs> hey, I can't make this. Mike, take care of the interview. So you're going to listen to Mike Golick Junior on my uh, Mike Golick Junior. Mike Golick Senior on my podcast interview PGA golfer Max Homa, and then I'll interview Terence Crawford. <laughs> <I> mean,
4: <laughs> How far has Mike Golick Senior fallen?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this man was hosting the biggest radio show in America for a decade. <laughs> Now he interviews Max Homa when I now got Now he's dated. doing your dirty work. I'm going to give him a hug. <laughs> oh, the mighty have fallen. <laughs> Listen, so here's the deal. It's going to be Golic with Max Homa, okay? I will not be present. I couldn't make the interview, so my personal assistant did it for me. I feel terrible saying that. Just take it out. Leave it in. Uh, and then Greedy's going to interview Terrence Crawford. <laughs> 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 Premium regular beer.
0: Joined now by a pro golfer, Max Holma, who is joining us today on behalf of Gillette Deodorant, which recently launched its new antiperspirant that helps keep golfers feeling fresh. Max has teamed up with Gillette Deodorant to create the 72 Club. I'd like to be part of the 72 Club. An exclusive club for golfers of all levels to be rewarded for improving their game all summer long. 72 hours, can be the final days of a major, and when the tension rises, the pros need even more protection. Max, appreciate the time. And right off of that, I want you to talk about that, but right off of that, my sport was football, and we had no time to really think. You run a play, and 30 seconds later or less, you're running another play. Man, now that I'm into golf a little more, the thinking, how you can invade your own headspace. Talk to me relating to the Gillette thing and, and how that can get to you and how you need the protection.
5: Yeah, I, I I definitely hear you. That sounds difficult. I would trade a lot of my days to have less time to think. <laughs> Talk about sweating. Uh, you 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 know, it, it it adds a lot of nerves, uh, a lot of pressure when you're sweating. Yeah, Gillette obviously their uh, their uh, deodorant is amazing. It really does. It works really well. I, I will say. Um, and yeah, golf obviously is. Uh, is a lot more mental strain than than physical, uh, especially compared to something like football. There's a lot of lot of time to to go into some places uh, deep in your brain. Uh, but yeah, they're doing a cool job. They're uh, they're 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 growing the game. They're adding this next gen golf city tour with the 72 club uh, trying to inspire people to go work at their game, try to shoot 72, uh, keep getting better at golf every day. I mean, nothing better than, than playing this, uh, this messed up sport <laughs> even for fun. So, uh, yeah, it's a grind, but, um, you know, I, I love it. Uh, it's just, it's very different from other sports. There's not a lot of, there's a lot of thinking and not a lot of reaction. It's, it's different.
0: So, you know, when I was playing, I was I was a big D lineman. I would be drunk by the third hole and just grip it, rip it at a lot of these charity events. And now that I'm done, I'm starting to take it a little more seriously. And I saw the other day you gave like three tips for like basically hacks like me. And you make it sound so easy. You know, you give some tips like rhythm and tempo. Look at somebody's grip, you know, and don't get embarrassed, you know. And, and I'm like reading it going, yeah, maybe I should be a better golfer. It sounds pretty easy. Yet it's not.
5: Yeah. I mean, I I tell myself all those things too, and it doesn't always work. So it sounds so much easier on paper. Uh, We could all give good advice, but golf's obviously really hard. I think the main thing about golf though, especially for people just trying to get into it or trying to get a little bit better is truly no one cares uh, if you shank it, chunk it, blade it, no one cares except you. So just don't be embarrassed. There's no reason to just keep kind of getting back on the horse and and practicing it. It's a fun game. Um, It really only, it only gets frustrating if you have too much, uh, you know, too, too high of expectations. So just kind of enjoy it and enjoy the journey because uh, even, you know, for the best players in the world, there's areas that they want to get better at. I'm sure that there's areas that frustrate them. So it's always there's always going to be something new. So, I mean, it's just kind of it's kind of be, be easy on yourself and, and just kind of go enjoy it.
0: I just turn the music up louder and crack another beer and I usually forget about it. I'm, and that, and that okay. works. That's a good <laughs> yeah. strategy. That's exactly. a very good strategy. Now, we'll get to more golf because, you know, with the FedEx Cup coming around and, and different things in, in the golf. But I saw that and, and I fit the mold, too, that I think because of your wife, Lacey, begrudgingly you're into reality TV.
5: Yeah, it started begrudgingly. Now I ask her if we're watching any of it at night. So, it's if it, so are you, are you into the Bachelorette? Did you see the end of that? So, they, okay, I have a whole thing on this, but they 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 run their shows too quick back to back. I need a break, <laughs> so I haven't watched this one at all.
0: Oh, it's so you haven't seen? All right, so I I won't I won't spoil the, the finale you. for you then. All right, I'll I'll definitely that. But it's a it's a pretty good one though. It's all a right, maybe good I'll one. get it. You can watch. Uh,
5: we watch 90 Day Fiance and all of the Real Housewives a lot.
0: See, you do see now those I haven't gotten into They're real. They're I, terrible. Mean, I mean, is 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 it truly one of those? It seems like we watched them all to feel better about our lives. Uh-huh. Yeah, I sit there and I'm judging
5: this person, and it makes me feel like a better person. See, I'm like a, I'm like a Netflix
0: guy. Do you do you jump into that at all?
5: Yeah, we we did a lot of Netflix. I need to get into this uh, Yellowstone. I hear is the next oh, thing. Oh, dude. Into.
0: Max, you got to get into it. All it right. is, it is some of the greatest cowboy stuff. All right. Kevin Costner's really good, but some of the, the supporting actors and actresses are fantastic. Oh, I would definitely I suggest- mean, I always need adjust. a new
5: show. So I'll, I'll try that for the next playoff run and try to bust through, uh through that one.
0: There you go. And, and then I think it interesting as well. Did you really meet your caddy in sixth grade? No, I
5: was six years old. So earlier
0: than that. I, I'm sorry. Years six years old, 10. right? Six years old.
5: Yeah. He, uh, we both grew up in the same golf course uh he was the man uh he used to be taller than me uh which was crazy to think about uh <laughs> and now we uh, we had a really cool junior program growing up man like uh, our golf course par 61 so it's mostly par threes we had a par three course so a lot of kids would flock flock there and just kind of hang out uh, my dad was part of the men's club played like little tournaments Uh, and yeah, so Joe would hang out there all day. I'd hang out there all day. Uh, and yeah, we just kind of built a relationship, uh, as, as I got older and taller, uh, he started wanting to hang out a little bit more and yeah, uh, competed against each other a bunch growing up. Uh, and then once he kind of gave up the game, um, you know, we started working together and, and it started off really well. So it's been, it's been, cool. I mean, it, it is it is really, really, really fun to play good golf and succeed and win trophies. It's a lot more fun to do it with one of your best friends uh, and and share that. And it's just it's a dream. I don't think a lot of people get to do that in any walk of life.
0: So and, and nothing is ever, you know, hunky dory all the time. A lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm speaking of that, that fan who watches golf on TV. And at times you see the caddy and the golfer talking. Does it ever get heated? And At the end of the day, who has final say? I'd imagine you.
5: It gets heated, you know, not as much as you think, but even like last week, I could tell he was pissed at me. I was pissed at myself, which made me then get mad at him because that's just what you do. You deflect. Um, But at the end of the day, it it really does feel kind of like a sibling type thing. You know, like my sister growing up, she she's a little younger and she went through the the girl thing where she hated her big brother. But at the end of the day, you know, you can yell, yell, yell. And then at dinner, we get back to talking. So I feel like that's what it is with Joe. We don't ever really get too heated. But even when it's annoying or we're annoyed with each other, I feel like you bounce back. And I think that's the cool part because it – I respect him so much because I've known him for so long that if he says that I'm doing something wrong or, or, or being kind of a brat or whatever it is, I know I am. Cause he wouldn't just say that to say it. Um, at the end of the day, I'm sure I do have final say, but, uh, I've always looked up to him and I, like I said, I respect him. So, uh, we very rarely butt heads on decision making. Um, sometimes it's just being around each other a little bit too much. It's like a marriage.
0: <laughs> yeah, need some space, huh? Yeah, I just need a little <laughs> room here, Joe. You, you know, listen, you only got married a couple of years ago. You you got a long way before you're there. Yeah, a <laughs> long while. And and that's the other thing. You know, your your pro career hasn't been that long, but I still I like to look at how it how it came up. So so take me back. I, was it a 2013? Was it the fries? Yeah. That was your first yeah, pro yeah. tournament. So, so take us back to that compared to how you're going to a tournament now, just how that was your first pro experience.
5: Yeah, it was uh, It's so interesting. It's uh, a great question. It was so much uh, – it's something I wish I could do more of. I've heard Rory talk about this. I was so much more just appreciative to be there um, and just in awe of getting to hit. You know, they got bags of everybody's golf balls. So you pull whatever ball you want to use to practice with, which I've never had that option, obviously. Uh, The golf course was so cool. Having people watch you play golf was wild. Playing for money was like just crazy. Uh, all of it just was like kind of head spinning, and you just have a smile on your face the whole time. And now it definitely becomes more feeling like more of a job. Obviously, you understand there's more consequence to to bad. I guess it's kind of just the pain of anything as you get older. You just start to learn, uh, you know, how how, how uh, more stringent everything is, and 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 you start to just you 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 act less like a kid and more like a you know an, an adult. Uh, but, yeah, this stuff that we always talk about try to get back to. But um, at the same time, I've learned so much about how to prepare for golf tournaments. I, w- I would have done something differently if I had to go back now um, just as far as my prep went and, and what I was doing to get ready. But, um, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things you can learn from, like, the innocence of being a little bit younger and, and being new to the scene.
0: But still, you, then you get your first PGA win, you know, what, I believe at Wells Fargo in 19. So talk, speaking of Gillette and perspiration and this whole deal, going into that final day, you know, and then the final holes, when you have, you know, you have a great chance to win this from that first experience to now here you are trying to win your first tournament. Take us through that.
5: Yeah, I could have used some of this Gillette Deodorant back then. I, I, I thought I was doing a whole lot, a whole good job of uh, of not sweating. Um, it was, it was nerve wracking. Um, it was interesting. My career arc has been kind of odd. It went, it went kind of up and then way, way down and then kind of was on the rise that you know, around that time. Um, I always prided myself on when I got in the moment, I, I, I handled myself very well and my game seemed to do okay. So I drove that course that day with both the, you know, kind of a bit of fear and, and, and anxiety, but also this, uh, this bit of pride to be in that position, um, and, and, and have that opportunity. I've always looked at, uh, you know, pressure as a privilege and it's awesome to have that feeling. I, I, that even with the anxiety, I wouldn't trade that for anything. It's why I wake up in the morning. So uh, getting to go out on that first tee and feel like your legs are jello and hit the ball and look up and it's going pretty straight. You're like, all right, man, like this is kind of what I'm, what, what I've worked for and what I'm built for. So it's fun. And obviously getting the job done was cool. It was very stressful coming down the stretch, uh, had a weather delay and all kinds of stuff go on, but um, you know, it's just, uh, it makes it all, all the more worthwhile when, when you get it done.
0: Yeah, and then a couple months ago, you beat Pino in a in a playoff to get your second win. Now you get ready for the FedEx. I mean, how how nerve wracking is that? And does that type of tournament where you just you know cut people down change the way you play at all?
5: Uh, it it it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I, I've made it to the playoffs the last couple years, and and I haven't made it to the final thirty yet to the Tour Championship, but. I've at least gotten to experience what the, that, as you referenced the, the cutting it down each stage feels like and what you need to do. And I did notice that last year, you know, I was a little bit too focused on making sure I just made it to the next round instead of just going out there and, and balling out and just playing really good golf because at the end of the day uh, in any sport, I mean, that's all it really takes. You just play your best and and then, and then everything seems to kind of fall in line. So this year I definitely feel like sure there's probably more pressure because I'm, I'm a little bit closer to that top spot, but um, I think I have a bit more knowledge and, and our understanding of, hey, let's just go out there and play play some golf and, and play good golf and, and just let everything kind of follow after that. Um, so, yeah, there's nerves. But uh, at the same time, this is a really exciting uh, position to be in, to have a chance to to win the whole thing is awesome. Uh, and yeah, just got to got to kind of go out there and, and and play it like it's. I guess it's a cliche play it like it's a normal tournament um and, and not get too wrapped up in in you know all of the things that come come with that.
0: I, I listen, I've heard that. I, I never got to play in a Super Bowl. I never made it there, but all my my friends who did said as soon as you treat it like a regular game, that's when you settle in. One other thing I've always said about athletes is we remember our worst more than remembering our best. So Do you remember your worst shot as a pro? Oh, yeah.
5: (laughs) No (laughs) doubt. What was it? Uh, Bay Hill, the problem is it got caught on camera. Bay Hill hit it over the green and three shots. I was in this horrible lie, tried to hit out of the rough, and I cold shanked it. It hit the camera tower, almost hit the cameraman, kicked back into play, and it was was awful. And every year, this one uh, social media company does a uh, shank week, and I make it on it every time. (laughs) Uh, and it's awful. I I, I hate it. It's funny, but it, at the time I my sk- I just wanted to like. There was a lake, and I just wanted to just go fall in the lake and just have nobody ever remember I was there. It was terrible.
0: It's interesting the social media because you're you're my oldest son's age, and you know the social. You you are huge into social media, and I guess I, I I can't ask how that changed because it's what you've grown up with. But it's not something this sport has normally seen.
5: Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, there's definitely a, definitely a big group of people that I think are using it wrong. It's not really made to uh, push political agendas, yeah. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. It's made to post funny videos and interact with uh, you know, other people of like mind. Uh, but yeah, it's just, yeah, I've grown up with it. Um, I've really gotten to see how it can boost, um, you know, my following and, and 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 people coming out to golf tournaments just to follow me based off of my Twitter is weird, but it's really cool. And it's fun to have a bomb with people in an odd way, just over silly tweets. I mean, it sounds dumb, but that's the world we live in now. And it's a, it's an easy way to interact. It's almost like when you had a pen pal back in the day, but now there's just thousands and thousands of them. <laughs>
0: And I know you you rate swings online. Has there been a worse swing than Barclays? though?
5: Uh, it, so his swing's getting a lot better. But no, there is no worse golf swing than that—the <laughs> one where his like left knee is just like shaking. Yeah. that's the worst golf swing of all time.
0: It's unreal. Well, oh, Max, I mean, watching your career go up in the few years you've been in has been been a lot of fun to watch. You're 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 not only really good at what you do, you're fun. You're a fun watch and a fun follow and all that as well. And. And this is great as well. I need to be part of this, uh, you know, the 72 club somehow, some way. So, you know, I, I know that that's what you're talking about now and big. So go ahead and give me any more you want on that. You know, talking yeah, about it's just,
5: it's just awesome. I mean, obviously I get to play golf for a living. I get to go on tour, but there's not a lot of op- opportunities for people to do that. Uh, if you're not a professional golfer uh, or if you're not even a member of a, of a country club, you know, this it gives you an opportunity to go have a reason to go hit some golf balls after work. It gives you tournaments to play in a competitive fire. I mean, that's, I think why we all play golf, whether it's just to shoot 72 or to go beat your buddies. I mean, there's a goal uh, in mind whenever you go tee it up. And I think that's what Gillette's doing. And I think that's awesome. Um, It's really, really good for the game of golf. It gives more opportunity for people to go out there and, and try and get better at something. And I think that, that, that can never, that can never go wrong kind of pushing yourself like they have in work and that how we are at golf. I think that that's all we're really uh, looking for in life so i think it, it's cool what they're doing for the
0: game all right man i'm in i am in on that and and best of luck in the fedex cup man appreciate the
2: time thank you,
4: thank you so much thanks for having me it's a all pleasure right. that was max homo with mike golick uh, Stu. what'd you think what was your favorite part of the interview
2: uh the fact that i wasn't there
4: stupidity oh, <laughs> oh my gosh folks
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467 In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?
2: All right, I let Gola go. He's done enough work today. He interviewed Max Oma on my podcast by himself. (laughs) And I get paid for it and he does it. I mean, Jesus. Living the American dream. So I let him go. I will handle this one by myself. It is... What perhaps is maybe the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world right now? Terrence Crawford, he's undefeated, never lost a professional match. Super excited to talk to him. Uh, I will handle Terrence Crawford. I have let it go. Perhaps Mikey A will chime in at some point. What did you do during the home interview, by the way, Mikey A?
4: I was sending him questions.
2: ha, ha, ha. We told Golick one minute before that interview that he had to handle it by himself. And now this is what it sounds like when you tell me one minute before an interview that I have to handle it by myself. It's me and Terrence Crawford. Stupidity. All right, Terrence Crawford is with us here on Stupidity. Uh, I have to start right here with you, Terrence, uh, because you were laughing at us on the front end, <laughs> like because we're technologi- uh, technologically challenged. Good luck saying that. I'm an English major, okay? But I am wondering here, because I have wanted to ask you this for a while, where'd you get the nickname, Bud? Where'd that nickname come from? My mom. When
3: I was a little kid, probably... Two years old, she named me Bud, so I've been Bud uh, ever since I can remember.
2: Do you like Bud? Do you like the uh, Do you like the name Bud Crawford? Because Bud Crawford and Terrence Crawford, I feel like are two different people.
3: <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, I've been Bud all my life, so uh, I guess I I could say I like it.
2: So you started boxing uh, at the age of seven. I'm wondering how and why, like at the age of seven, that seems early. How and why did that come about?
3: Well, it came about, uh, the owner of the gym actually lived behind my mom. Uh, my grandma, which was the house that we were staying at at the time. And, uh, my dad, he used to box, my uncle, my grandpa. So, uh. The, the owner of the gym, Carl Washington, you know, he had approached me and whatnot. And he had, came to the house and asked my mom if I was interested in boxing. Could she let me go? She asked me, and I was like, Yeah, I'll try it out. And, uh, I was boxing probably two years, two or three years. And then I had, went to other sports, and then I came back. Then I left again. Then came back in 2002. I've <laughs> been boxing ever since.
4: Who's the best boxer in your family outside of you?
3: Uh, I don't know. It probably I don't. I don't know. A lot of people say my grandpa was uh, great. Uh, a lot of people say my dad was great. Uh, so I don't know. I had to be one of those two.
2: What sports did you bounce back? Like, what sports did you go to when you took a little break from boxing? What were you doing?
3: I was playing football, basketball, wrestling. Uh, Those was the main sports. I did a little baseball, but it wasn't too much of nothing. So I would
2: say Did you think, like, football, any of those sports, did you think to yourself, hey, like, I could be really good at this, or you knew boxing was it for you?
3: No, I actually was real good in in both, Uh, football and basketball. I was just undersized. You know, uh, ninth grade, I was 4'11". I didn't hit my growth spurt to the 11th grade, so uh, I had stopped playing football and basketball and went back to boxing, and I was doing real well. And So uh, it was a great decision uh, to stick with boxing.
2: So when you hit that growth spurt, you went into 11th grade, you were how tall, and then how tall were you after 11th grade?
3: 11th grade, I probably was every bit of 5'1". You know, and I just hit a growth spurt. Now I'm 5'8". So I would say <laughs> uh,
2: That's not bad. I mean, listen, I'm also 5'8", and yet you have accomplished a lot more with your 5'8 than I've accomplished with my 5'8". <laughs> like, I like, <laughs> like, I can't believe that you're such a badass, man, but you're only 5'8". Like, that's that's crazy, man. Right. You're agreeing that it's crazy. Terrence Crawford is agreeing that it's crazy. What's it feel like to not know what it's like to lose, Terrence? <laughs> That's got to be a good feeling.
3: <laughs> I honestly, you can't say that because I've felt the uh, uh, how what it felt like to lose before. You know, and the amateurs uh, coming up. You know, I mean, I had my fair share of losing matches. Uh, so I know how it feels. You know, uh, I just don't like the feeling.
4: Do you like, like to win more or do you hate to lose more?
3: <laughs> I hate to lose more. Um, like, yeah, bro. but when's the last time you lost, Derrick?
2: <laughs> but Mike, oh, when's the last time he lost?
0: <laughs> do you remember your last loss? Yeah. Doing this interview. <laughs> 2007
3: at the Olympic trials, I lost to Miguel Gonzalez. He was the last person to beat
2: me. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you do remember that. (laughs) You remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I'm wondering, Terrence, because you start something at seven, you turn in uh, to one of the great boxers of all time, and I'm wondering, who was the most influential person in your career, in your life?
3: Uh, I would have to say my coaches. My coaches, because they was the one that was helping me inside and outside the ring. Uh, Not only being a mentor, but being big brothers, father figures and uh, whatnot, you know, just helping me on a a different uh, level of playing field where uh, that was keeping me out of trouble. So I had to say
2: that my uh, coaches. Uh, Was it important to have people keeping you out of trouble? Do you feel like you would have been in trouble without, without some of those coaches?
3: For sure. Sure. I felt like if those individuals wasn't coming to pick me up and, and, make me go to the gym or, uh, make me go to their house and watch boxing. You know, just grabbing me by the arm, like, come on, uh, keeping me by their side and making sure that, you know, I'm where I need to be when I need to be. Uh, I feel like, you know, I would have strayed off,
2: uh, other places. What was it like growing up in Nebraska? You were born in Nebraska. Did you grow up there? Born and raised, still,
3: still here today. You know, uh, it was it was actually fun. Everything was fun. You know, I would say uh, fishing from fishing to riding your bikes downtown from getting in trouble uh, from you know uh, sports. Everything was fun. Uh, so I had a good upbringing. Uh, I learned a lot along the way. And uh, that would lead me to be the man that I am today, and I felt like I had a, a okay up I'm
2: like, that's the thing I'm struggling with because, Mike. I don't know about you, but I don't know, like, how do you get in trouble in Nebraska? You know? <laughs> uh, Terrence, you're like, it's you not from- that hard, man. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm seeing here, like, where are you from? <laughs>
3: Come on, John. You got tell me where you from.
2: Where you from? Oh, I'm from Port Washington, New York, man, Long Island. And there's a lot of trouble in Long Island. I can't tell that much right now.
3: but I'm pretty sure when you talk about Omaha, Nebraska, there's a lot of trouble that you can get into. A lot.
2: Okay. Terrence,
3: you're a yeah. big Cornhusker guy? Yeah, for sure.
4: For sure. Of course he is. I'm going to go to a Nebraska-Michigan game this year. Where's the one place I got to go in Omaha? Because I do every year. I go to a football game.
2: What
3: you, you want to do?
4: Enjoy. He myself. wants to get look hammered, Terrence. <laughs> I get hammered. Ter- I Terrence, I want to my look wife at him. And kids for a weekend. He wants <laughs> just just yeah, go he, downtown. Just go downtown to yeah. the whole yeah. park. Terrence, what does yeah. it look like
2: he wants to do? I mean, look at the man. He wants to eat. He wants to get hammered. I mean, that's what he wants, that's what he wants to do. <laughs> I think you, you got some great. What, now, how would you feel about Mikey A go, taking you and going to that Nebraska-Michigan game together? I think that would be fun for the both of you. What do you think? <laughs> Terrence Crawford is with us here on Stupidity. The coolest person you got to meet because you are Terrence Crawford. Who would that person be?
3: Uh, I met a lot of cool people along the way. Uh, it's hard to say. You know, I don't want to single out anyone but uh, i don't know i met a lot of cool people
2: was there a person that met you where you were like stunned that they were in awe of meeting you is that has that happened to you definitely
3: uh i would say alan iverson
2: really I met <laughs> that's, that's pretty
3: iverson. cool it was right crazy it's still one of my number one moments you know to to meet somebody that I was a huge big fan of and to to know that I was one of his biggest fans and he was one of my biggest fans. And, you know, he knew all about me and my family. And, you know, it was just like, saying he was like, Bull Crawford. So it was just like, whoa. <laughs> he was like, yo, like, man, yeah, like I'm your biggest fan.
2: What What a cool moment for you wait so so you go into that thinking wow what a thrill it is to meet Iverson but here Iverson is like yo no what a thrill it is to meet you Terrence Crawford (laughs) that's insane man
3: yeah that was dope you know that was dope you know that was uh, a moment to remember
2: what was he like like upon meeting you what was Iverson like was he like a little kid No, no,
3: it was just cool, you know. It was just cool, and we we exchanged numbers, and every time we see each other, we greet each other, and you know, it's just a a high level of respect.
2: What's the uh, what's the hardest you've ever hit someone? I don't know. I hit a lot of people. You <laughs> <laughs> You've hit so many people so hard you can't even fucking remember one, Terrence. That's amazing. <laughs> that in,
0: boxing, so you
3: know, in boxing, you know, the, the object is to, to hit the other opponent as hard as you can sometimes to knock him out or, you know, hit him as many times as you can to secure a decision. So. Along the way, I didn't hit a lot of people hard. So I've been doing this for a long time. So I really can't, you know, digest which opponent that I hit the hardest because I hit a lot of opponents hard. Some of them I hit harder than others. And some of them I didn't hit as hard. I just hit them in the right spot. So
2: Right spot, right time. Maybe this is the better way to ask it because you have hit a lot of people, but you haven't been hit that often. What's the hardest you've ever been hit?
3: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's kind of hard to say as well, you know, because sometimes you get hit hard. But on the outside, it doesn't. It doesn't think people doesn't think that it was a hard shot because you know you got the poker face. And uh, other shots, that's a big shot. People be like, "Whoa!" And in your mind, you're like, "That wasn't even that hard." You know, I've been hit hard, So I've been yeah. hit hard couple
4: of times you ever hit somebody so hard and then look and it they didn't they didn't go down and you're like how the hell did he stay up from that Uh, not really
2: (laughs) not really not really no No, because when he hits them hard they go down Mike. that's what he tried to tell you um if terrence crawford if you weren't boxing you'd be doing blank i don't know really I don't know. Maybe football, man. Uh, When you're not kicking someone's ass, what do you like to do?
3: I like to fish. I like to uh, uh, play basketball. I like to uh, hang out with my kids. I like to uh, uh, run my business with my partner, Troy, and John. So much things that I do outside the ring. It's just, I'm always busy.
2: More difficult being a dad or uh, or boxing? A dad, for sure. By a lot, right? Because yeah. <laughs> the kids don't give a shit, Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> You're just dad to them, you know? Right? <laughs> oh, it's too funny. Do you have a hidden talent? A uh, hidden talent? I'm like something, you, something you're really good at that people would be surprised that 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 you're really good at.
3: We're good at everything. I'm good at darts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> of course, <you> are.
3: <laughs> like,
2: like, cool. like, are you a good cook? I'm, I'm
3: a good cook. I'm good but at everything. Really? I there has to
2: be something you're bad at. Come on, dancing.
3: I can dance if I wanted to.
0: <laughs> singing, I <laughs> can. You singing? I'm, I'm pretty
2: sure
3: you see me fight. You see, I can move.
2: Dance, he can dance. A <laughs> singing. Wait, how about singing? That's a good one. Singing. I can't sing. I can't sing. There
3: we we found it. Here it, it is. I can sing. I can't rap a thing. You got me. Oh. I'm on a let me, let, me, let me get this right. I can sing, but it may not be good to everybody's ears. everybody can sing. <laughs> That's singing with a, a great voice
2: what's the song you enjoy singing the most <laughs> there's gotta be a song like a song comes on in your car and you're just belting it out loud whatever, whatever. anything is that I'm anything i out there try if
3: I can't do it oh.
2: I'm trying but listen as long as it sounds good in your ears man that's all that matters you know it sounds good in my ears I'll like whoa do you have an irrational fear? Like, Terrence, I'm afraid of frogs, right? So, I, like, I saw there was a bullfrog in my bedroom one day, and and I called the <laughs> cops. Okay? I called 911. So do you have, like, any story? Why are you shaking That's your head? That's not a fake story.
4: That's not a fake story. It's, real,
2: well, it's a real story, man. It's a real story. You're judging me. I can see it. <laughs> or something.
3: Man, I would have grabbed it, man. Do it out the door. No, I ain't got no fear.
2: You have no, like, irrational fears, like snakes, spiders, nothing? Really? You would have grabbed that fucking frog and thrown it right out your door? That frog was, like, this big, man. Like, what, like... (laughs) I did it. It's the haphazard nature in which they jump that that really scares the uh, it scares the daylights out it. Like imagine you had an opponent in the ring. It's kind of like you know, like your opponents have no idea what you're going to do next, and that's how I feel about frogs.
4: <laughs> you're trying you're like, to sell an irrational fear. I I because he has to have
2: one. He has to be scared of something. There has oh, to be something that he's really. Scared. Really, I'm
3: not. I'm definitely not like like I see a rattlesnake and I might be like, oh shit, but then at the right. same time. I might get a stick and try to be like the crocodile hunter and move. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because I was always that little kid that was outside messing with the frogs and the snakes, the gardener snakes and, you know, uh, spiders. If they wasn't tarantulas, I wasn't scared of them, you know, venomous spiders, what whatnot. But for the most part, no, I'm not too much scared of anything.
2: Is it uh is it fair to say you're you're at your I guess your happiest forget about boxing family aside, is terence Crawford happiest when he's fishing? It seems like you are.
4: Yeah, I love fishing. What's the best really? fish you ever caught?
2: Exactly. I just
4: caught
3: like a sixty pounder, probably sixty five pound catfish.
2: Damn man. Wow. Yeah. Take a picture of it?
3: Yeah. yeah. No, I'll let it back. Do you ever take
2: like do you ever take fish home to cook though? Because you're a great cook.
3: Yeah, yeah yeah. sometimes sometimes not the big big ones you know but like a 15 pounder i take it on,
2: have you, you know, have you been scared like a little bit like is that the biggest fish you ever caught that fish right there
3: uh probably not i caught um uh, i caught a fish when i was deep sea fishing i forgot what kind of fish it was but uh yeah i probably that probably was like 70 80 pounds
2: What's uh? It, are the Sixers your favorite basketball team? Just out of curiosity, because Iverson.
3: No Lakers. Lakers so
2: what LeBron. do you make of the moves? With uh, what do you have? You met LeBron. Um, I
3: met LeBron at Floyd Mayweather uh, McGregor fight. It was cool, but I'm real uh, cool with Westbrook. That's good that he went over there.
2: You like yeah. that. So I was saying today on our uh, on our main show that I think they're the team to beat because of Russell Westbrook. Uh, if Anthony Davis stays healthy, to me, that's clear. I know the Nets, but they're not going to stay healthy, okay? Yeah. So I think LeBron, Davis, Russell Westbrook, that is the team to beat in the NBA. And I'm assuming you agree with me, right?
3: Yeah, for sure. we always the team to beat. <laughs> I'm always.
2: <laughs> You're not always the team to beat, okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't, uh, don't make me remind you of some of those bad teams because I will. <laughs>
3: In my eyes, we always the team to beat until we beat. You know, that's just how I carry it. You know, like Green Bay Packers, that's my favorite football team. Each year, I always say we're going to win a uh, Super Bowl. So I just, you know, like to be positive on my teams and, you know, hope for the best.
2: Listen, this is what happened here, Mike. He's not a Jets fan, okay? (laughs) That's why he's positive. We're the team that get (laughs) Yes. All right, Terrence, this has been a, uh, I'm a huge fan of yours, man. This has been, uh, this has been delightful for me. So uh, we appreciate it. Good luck moving forward here. And uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime, man.
3: Appreciate it. You guys can reach me at T-Bug Crawford, you know, uh, Instagram and Terrence Crawford on Twitter.
2: All right. Excellent, man. And listen, you and Mikey A have a date. I don't know what you're going to do, but perhaps a little fishing Nebraska game and uh, you go out and get hammered. Okay. That's it, man. Good luck with everything, Terrence. Thank you for doing this, man. All right. Thanks to Terrence Crawford. Mikey A., what'd you think of that, man? I was thinking, where's (laughs) Golik? So was I. Stupidity! Stu out here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So we have...